Hey, you know what? God, God is God's doing some good things on the inside of us this year. We're going to move into some things, get into some things. And it's not just big talking. It's big living. It's understanding that you can't get into something unless you're talking about getting into something. You can't, even, you can't even build a building without talking about building a building. Yeah. How, how do dreams and visions get born? By talking about it. Yeah. You hear what I'm saying? Uh-huh. How, 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 do, how does your husband change if you don't talk about it? How does that woman of yours don't change? Because you, you there's communication that needs to take place. How many of you know that there's a divine communication that happens all the time between you and heaven? Come on. Whether, whether you're aware of it or not, there is divine communication. Yeah. And uh, within the last few weeks, we have been uh, was preaching and ministering out of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4. And we've talked about m- making sure that our eyes are always on Jesus. Whatever, when we're worshiping, our eyes are not on who's on front and who's singing and what song is being sung. Uh, what's our eye on? It's on the Lord. It's on the Father. Well, who are we worshiping? Who, who are, 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 what's in our minds? That, that Where are we when we worship? It should be on him, not on our problems, not on, on the, difficulty, the difficulties that we had prior to entering the building, yeah. you know, correcting the little ones, yeah. particularly when you're a parent and you got little ones in, the, in, the, in a car. Boy, there's, there's a lot of correcting going on. Am I right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes there's arguments to squelch and then you have to get quickly get back in the spirit. Yeah. But how many of you know your grace to do that? If you're a parent, you're grace to do it. Right. What does it mean to be grace? It means you have been empowered by God yeah. to do it. <clears throat> you know, when people make, make mistakes, the reason why you live and are able to get back by your mistakes is because there's mercy. Yeah. That's not grace. That's mercy. Yeah. When you say the wrong thing and things don't, those things don't come to pass, that's called mercy. You hear what I'm saying? It's not grace. Oh, I was just by the grace of God. You know, it was by the mercy of God yeah. that you got. You were able to to, to to be able to live through what you've been speaking all these years. Come on, Come on. And we're going to get into some things because how many of you know it's important that we understand where our life is headed. Yeah. And how many of you know the totality the totality of your life, the, the direction of your life is a result of your speaking. That's right. Good. Well, I, I was born. I've always been chubby. I've always been, I've always had a high metabolism or, or I've always been this. Oh, I'm big bone. My mama said I'm big bone, <laughs> right? It ain't big bone. It's called big eating. <laughs> Amen. So we're going to talk a little bit about the proficiency of your victory. And part of the proficiency of your proficiency of your victory is the way you talk about you, the way you view your life. And, and the way you respond to your life through your words. Because you will have what you say. The Bible says you will have what you say. Yeah. We, remember we, we said we're going to give you ten witnesses. Or we, we say, you know, out of the mouth of, of, of two or more. Uh, uh, the Bible says out of the mouth of two or more witnesses, let every word be established. We didn't give you one witness. We could have given you, given you two witnesses. But we didn't stop at the one. Then we gave you two witnesses. And then we didn't just stop there. We gave you three witnesses out of the Bible. And then we didn't stop there. We gave you four witnesses out of the Bible. And then before you know it, we were at ten witnesses that talked about the words of your mouth. And you think about the Bible. You think after all that that we would have exhausted the Bible. But we didn't. We were just barely just scratching in on some things. Just barely getting in on some things. And, you know, Pastor, I know you were talking about our words, but is it that important? Yeah. Yeah. Why? Because the Bible says it's life and death is in the power of the tongue. 
And because there's life and death, and how many of you know that we, should, we ought to re- learn to regard our words more carefully? Not to commit to things more without thinking about what we need to, you know, you know how every year we go, we have uh, these, uh, what do you call it, uh, the New Year's and New Year's resolutions, and what's, what's it, I'm going to go running, I'm going to be, I'm going to go enter a, uh, an Iron Man, and about, about a month into it, you're, you're, you're more like a couch potato man, and, <laughs> and, and, and you, you have all these big goals, and, and, you, and here's the thing, the enemy would like for you, to, what happens when you put, you declare these goals out loud, the problem is the enemy will come back and remind you, oh, you, you can't do that. You can't do, you say a lot of stuff, man, and you don't do any of half of what you say. That's why it's important to start thinking about what you say and, and knowing yourself well enough to know where you're at in your life. And rather being so quick to say and speak things, to slow down and say, you know what, I need to consider this thing. I need to, how am I going to, if I was going to do this, how am I going to do this? You've got to start having a discuss, more discussions with the Lord. Lord, how am I going to accomplish what you've, you've called me to accomplish? Because we don't want things to rob us of the victories that are due to us. We, we, we want to be at the top of what God has called you and I to be at the top of. Amen? Amen? And so here, now, now this goes to the younger folks here that are in here right now. All you younger folks. Look up at, look at Pastor Marcus. All you younger bucks, younger ladies. This is for you. Your faith should not be in your mom and dad's faith. You ought to have your own faith. And how many, it don't matter how, how old you are, you can have faith now and the faith that works. You hear what I'm saying? Where you know God and you trust him because you know personally he will protect you, he will guide you, he will, he will get you to that next place that you need to be. But you ought, you ought to have your own personal relationship with the Lord. Because if your relationship is with, through your mother and father, how many of you know mom and dad's going to let you down? Dad could be working out, crack his knuckles, and he could say the wrong thing. You hear me? You could, you could say the wrong things, do the wrong things. You know, not all, not all parents do things that are right with the Lord. And in demonstration of his goodness and who, who he is. That's why it's important for you to have a personal relationship with the Lord. And so that's why it's important for us because there's going to be people, you know, like, we, I, like I misquoted the scripture a couple of weeks ago. I said a thousand, but no, I said it was a five thousand at your, was it a thousand of your left? Was it a thousand? A thousand may fall at your left, ten thousand may fall to your right, but it won't go near you, right? Right. I said five thousand, but it was really a thousand. But either what, either number, how many of you know? That whatever's going on around you, it doesn't matter because you, uh, you ought to learn to trust God. Yeah. And the more you learn to trust God, how many of you know that you're going to walk more into victory? More victories? Come on. And here's some things that I will say this. That it's so important that we use our mouths upright and say the right things. We don't question. We don't ever, there's things we never say out of our mouth. We don't question in the negative or derogatory way the, the birth of... Did, was Jesus... Was Jesus born of a, a virgin? Yeah, he was. Right. We don't question that. No. Because if you're questioning that, you're not even saved. What, did, did, did he really raise from the dead? You know, well, it's, it's okay. Those things are okay. But, you know, really what's more important than those things is the moral pr- No, it's not the moral principles. It's more important than the teachings. Those are the, the most important things because without those, you can't be saved. Yeah. They're, the mo- they're the permanent. They're the, they're the, the, the things that are in the very front. So there are some things that you should have always settled in your heart. Yes, he was born of a virgin. Yes, yes, he, he died and rose again. Yes, he did. And what's very important is his word. 
is direction for our lives. Now, some of these things like, Pastor, why are you bringing this up? Because it's important. You ought to know. This is more than just moral principles here. This is more than just that. This is, this is your heavenly Father, your, your heavenly Jesus, who, when he came to this earth, he emptied himself of all his deity uh, positions. And he said, I am going to come like you as a person. I'm going to be an example of what a human can do following what God says. That's what Jesus did. I'm, an I'm, an, I'm going to be your example of what to follow. How to answer life. What to do when things get rough. Amen. Isn't, is not Jesus our example? Everyone says, we got to be more like Jesus. Well, people say, well, you know, you just have to go around these little things around your wrist and said, what would Jesus do? And then, uh, and then, well, Jesus would do this. Well, well, I don't know, man. That's a little too hard now. I don't know about, you know, what, so you got to guard your lips now? Yeah. It's, it's really cute when you have it on a wristband, but it's different when you start applying it to life. When you start applying not only that, but you start to say, I'm going to be a doer of his word. I'm not just going to be a hearer only, amen? As James says, I'm not going to be a hearer. I'm going to be a doer. You know, and so in knowing that, it's important that you know, he gives us his word. He instructs us. That's why he said over in, Mar uh, over in Mark 11, he says, Say unto this mountain, be thou removed. And he said, Whosoever shall say. Yeah. He qualified. He didn't just say, Disciples, this is only for you elect. Yeah. This, is this is just for this time period. He never said all that. He could have told them at that specific moment, if, if that's what the case was. But you hear religious people say, Oh, you know, that's just for that time period. Really? Show me in the Bible where it says it was only for that group. Show me in the Bible where it was only for, for one group and not another group. Because the Bible says all the promises of God are yes and amen. And if you're a whosoever, you qualify. You, you could be eight years old and start grasping. You could be nine, ten, and start understanding the importance of your word. And lay hold of some things right away. You begin to do it now. By the time you hit a certain specific age, the power. And see, Jesus walked in the power. Jesus walked in power. How, why did he walk in power? Because he, he understood the value of his words. He just didn't spout off and say whatever he wanted to say. He didn't. He just, he wasn't mouthy. He, when things needed to be corrected, he corrected them. He corrected them and he used his authority. And he, it was such a delight when people saw him preach. They're like, who is this man? For he is different. For he, he talks as one who has authority. And he preaches with power. Do you hear that? Yes, yes. See, when, when you're full of his word and you're speaking his word, things around you begin to chip. Even the world begins to recognize there's something different about that person. When you're just not rattling off at the mouth and just saying whatever you want to say. Because it requires discipline. It, it will require discipline of you and I. It were absolute discipline. Amen. Let's open our Bibles to Romans chapter 10. Say, I am moving with the spirit and the word to become all that God has called me to be. I will succeed in my endeavors in following Christ. You believe that? You should believe it. You should believe it. You will be successful. You will be successful. The more you get in the Word, the more to find out who you are. I'll tell you, boy, you're just going to walk into some things. Yes. Pastor Molina alluded to, you know, we've been teaching this on the last three or the last three Sundays. And, you know, if you have if you missed a service I, I, or, or you've heard a service, I, I would just dare challenge you 
to re-listen it to listen to it again. Yeah. You know, the, the dangerous part in, in life is that you can think you've heard it, or you can say, well, they're going to be teaching on words. Well, I'm just going to play hooky from church because you don't think we're talking about I know that topic. There is so much involved in any topic yeah. that it's, it, it would behoove you not to get, go back and go over on some things because you'd be surprised at what you miss. Yeah always surprised at what you miss but over here in romans chapter 10 verse 6 that if you confess with your mouth the lord jesus and believe in your heart that god raised him from the dead you will what be saved for with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto what salvation your mouth makes things happen now, the reason I wanted to bring this is that if you confess, this word confess is the same word as, called, as profession. If you were to look in the Strong's Concordant, anytime you see the word profession, it's the same word as confession. If you, if you, if you look, it's, uh, it's homo, homologia. I, I might be even saying it wrong, but it, that's, that's the Greek word for it. And if you see it, you'll, you'll notice when it says we have a profession, when it says we have a confession. Right. So because we're going to get into some things about our words and and how 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 they're used and how they function within the realm of the spirit. Amen. Amen. So how many of you know there are things that are not fixed? There are things that are not fixed. It, 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 you, you just can't believe that things are going to happen unless you say them. You know, you're not you're not just saved because you're saved. You have the, you have I, I've heard stories of ministers who were going to church, ministers of churches. Who, who didn't know Romans 10, 9, 10, and said, I've been a pastor of this church, and I, I haven't, I, I don't even, I, I'm not even saved. Can you imagine? Being in the ministry, not even being saved, not even knowing the, the scriptures enough. So it, how many you know it's important? It's important that you, you ask Jesus in your heart. Amen? Amen. He says, you confess with your mouth that Jesus and believe in your heart. And here's something that's really important. <clears throat> it's not soul healing that you get. When you get born again, it's not soul healing. Well, my spirit, so I, I'm just healed. Or, or just God, you know, God just, 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 he just fixed, he just fixed my spirit. He just healed my heart. No. You're a recreated new creature in Christ Jesus. When you ask Jesus in your heart, you're not the same person that you used to be. Do you hear what I'm saying? Yeah. He just didn't get, he fix your little spirit and just leave it the way it is. No, he recreated a new spirit on the inside of you. Do you hear what I'm saying? That's different than, than dealing with the old. It's sort of like getting a, a, getting a new and a used car. You didn't get a used, recreated, rebuilt, restocked engine. No, you got a brand new, state-of-the-art, fully connected, greater than a 5G connection. Heart, fully connected to the Father. You have access to the Lord. I'm telling you, it's great to have access to the Lord. You know when you don't... I remember Pastor Melina met me, boy, I was a hot mess. Uh, she goes, mm-hmm. Hot mess. Well, I'll tell you, I, I, you know, things didn't happen until I got the Holy Ghost in my life. And, and things didn't happen. I fought her on getting the Holy Ghost. What well, was on a Friday night? I got a Holy Ghost on a Friday night. After telling her that day, I don't need the Holy Ghost. I mean, after telling her for weeks, because I saw people praying tongues, like, oh, that's strange. Yeah. But as soon as I, I entered in and I started doing it, how many of you know the Bible talks about scales that are in your eyes? Mm-hmm. And, and how many of you know when I got filled with the Holy Ghost, the scales on my eyelids fell off? It was the first time I was able to ever read the Bible and understand what I was reading. Yeah. See, the devil doesn't want you to understand some things. 
He doesn't want you to see some things. Why is that? Because he wants to steal, kill, and destroy whatever is going on in your life. Amen? And it's important that you and I understand this. How many of you know that the Bible is not more, it's more than about being enlightened? Why well, read my Bible? Because it's just, you know, there's, there's enlightenment in the scriptures. No, it's about being saved. It's about having a relationship with him. You hear what I'm saying? <coughs> so as you believe in, the <coughs> so as you believe, you, you and I, we have to walk in what we believe. Where does, where, where do, when do things begin to change for your life? When do you begin to get a new, a new recreated spirit? When do things change? When you confess. When you get born again, when you confess. When, when the mountains move, when you speak. Yeah. But what, what happen, has to happen first? You have to believe first. Yeah. You, can, you first have to believe. Yeah. Things happen when you start believing first in your heart. Uh-huh. I, I, I love this part, this part because this really helped me. Brother Hagin said some number of years ago, he said, because I, you can believe in your heart even with doubt rushing through your head. You got to understand. Your spirit man knows. Your head may fight you. Well, I'm not sure about that. I don't know if I could ever be saved. I don't know if I could ever do this or that. And, and how many of you know? And that's what I did here. But my spirit man, I was telling Melina, I don't need it. But my spirit man knew I needed it. My spirit man was hungry for something and knew it needed change. Yeah. And thank God there was a willingness. It didn't know how to go about it. But my spirit man knew what was right. Our, oftentimes our spirit man knows what's right even with our head fighting oh I don't know about all this I don't know about having to believe this I don't know how to do you know there's a lot of things I didn't understand before I got saved but thank God through faith and patience and, and, and just doing his word how many of you know those things are no longer a struggle for me yeah. you don't have to keep struggling very long with your mind over the little things yeah. you, we, you will progress yes. you will get through That's right. come on say I will, I will. come on go, get through it and then the belief will happen in your heart. Yeah. Just even when your mind doesn't say something contrary to the word, just say in my heart, at least I believe in my heart. Yeah. You just got to start somewhere and just start agreeing with what your heart says. Yes, that's good. What's the heart? Your spirit man. Uh-huh. It's not your blood pump. It's your spirit man that, that agrees with the word says. Amen. Uh-huh. And so then we act with our word. We start to speak. Some people say, well, that's hypocritical. You're saying something you don't really believe, but you're at least speaking. Well, I'm going to tell you one thing. It's not hypocritical. You need to start speaking. Even when your heart does it. How many of you have ever gone to the gym when you didn't feel like going to the gym? How many of you went to work and you didn't even feel like going to work? How many were sick and didn't go, I'm not going to work. I don't feel like it. I hate everybody there anyways. I'm going to take me a day off. Teach them how important I am when I'm not there. Right? See, wrong attitude. Wrong confession. But you're saying something. But you're speaking something. Come on. We got to stop saying things like, I get so lost. Or I feel lost. You know, here's the thing in confession. It's deeply rooted as scriptures as we see it. It's, it's the, the, when it comes to confession, it's deeply rooted in the word. You cannot separate the two. You know, how many how many of you know that the Bible when the, when they used to refer to the Christian coming I mean, to faith the faith was ultimately when the very was started out was called the great confession yeah and, and that got lost over the years it got lost because one uh, one people didn't know how to read 
There were no printing presses. There, there was no, it was a very difficult way to get access to the word, even let alone today. Now, a lot of you have access to Greek commentaries, Greek words. You can, start, you can become very proficient within a short period of time and learn the word of God and be very good at it. Be very good at knowing what the word of God is. But they didn't have the word. They didn't have access. They didn't have schools. They didn't have anybody teaching them. And when people started to learn and read and say, hey, why are we doing this and that ain't in the word and this is in the word? You know, you got to think about how, how the word and the reading and understanding has brought in really truths that were lost for years. And, 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 and yet tradition held to this stuff and kept teaching stuff that still was and, and didn't make a change because, well, you know, it's too dangerous. If you read that Bible, you're going to go crazy. How many have ever heard that? It's religious. It's tradition. Oh, you, we can never understand the scripture. Says who? Says who? I've heard one person say on television, well, you know, it's, it's really dangerous. You can go crazy if you read the Bible. Says who? Says who? You got to really think about who you're listening to and what you're connected to. No, it's dangerous not to know the word. No, it's dangerous to not to not understand what you have. You don't understand what you have you, the, and the potential behind you. It's sort of like going out and buying a rifle and not understanding the potential that's behind that rifle. Yeah. The safety and the precautions that are, ne- that are taken or that are necessarily that, that be taken in order to obtain and hold such a thing. Yeah. Amen. You wouldn't give an eight-year-old a rifle. Right. Although they think they could handle it. <laughs> you wouldn't give it to them. Well, why? Because they need what? Supervision. And we, and oftentimes we need the, the presence. We need to be in atmospheres of our church to get under the supervision and the understanding of how important our words are. Good. Amen. 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 <laughs> Come on. And, and here's the thing. When people know the word, it produces accountability. When you know the word and Pastor Marcus says, says 5,000 instead of 1,000, you know, Pastor, I heard you say 5,000. I know it was 1,000. Well, you're smart enough to know the word. Yeah. Right? Why? Because you were trained to, to look in that word and to find out for yourself. So you don't, you don't get lost. Like, oh, he said 5,000. You, you know, you hear people, you hear people quote scriptures that are never even there. If mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Well, that ain't even Bible. Yeah. Right? right? Thank God when I found out what that wasn't in the Bible, I got set free. <laughs> I got set free. When I found out that wasn't in the Bible, I got set free. I got delivered some things. Boy, if a million ain't happy, ain't nobody. Well, I found out that wasn't the Bible. I was all... I unloaded my bag right there. Come on. Some of your Bibles are 1 John chapter 6. Uh, 1 John chapter 2. Say, I'm walking in victory. Come on, it's important to start hearing your mouth say these things. Now, I got too many notes here. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through them, but I'm going to try. Amen. First John chapter two, verse twenty-three. Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? Who is the antichrist who denies the Father of and Son? Whosoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. Come on. Here's the thing that, that the devil tries to do, and he's not very overt about it. Sometimes he's a little overt, but very overt sometimes. He tries to get you to say what he wants you to say. Here's the thing that caught me momentarily. Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? Does anybody know what Christ means? 
What does Christ mean? What does it mean? What does it mean, Pastor Wayne? The anointed one. You've got to believe that he's the anointed one. Right? Christ is not Jesus' last name. He is the anointed one. But he who denies Jesus, the anointed one, is a liar. How, how, how do you deny Jesus in your life? By not obeying him? By not listening to him? By doing what you want to do? We always think, we always think that I'm not denying him. But if we deny him access in our lives and we say, well, we've, we've given the Lord full access. Well, who's telling the truth? Are, are we telling the truth or, or is the, the scripture to, tells us you're not telling the truth? See, I, I've got to read that for me. Where have I, why have I not been consistent? Where have I been dishonest? Oh, Lord, I've denied you access to the anointed one in my life, in this area of my life. So, Lord, please forgive me. And I like what he says. He is Antichrist who desires the Father and the Son. He is Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. The flesh is a denier of, the, of what God wants to do. Your flesh is the carnal man. The carnal man wants to do what he wants. He denies access. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son, he has the Son also, and the Father also. I don't want to just go through life just having one. I want to have both in operation in my life. Do you hear what I'm saying? I love, I love, and here's this great thing. How many of you have heard of Jerry Savelle? Here's some brother Jerry, he always has, he has a great revelation on God's favor on his life. Everywhere he goes, he talks about the favor of God. He talks, he talks, he preaches it so much. He talks about the very favor of God in operation in his life. Boy, I tell you, I love it. He talks about, he goes, everywhere I go, the favor of God. And you know what? He has favor everywhere he goes. People walk out and bless Brother Jerry all the time. He says, you know, I, 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 I'm God's favor. I'm, you know, and you've got to start talking. I am God's favorite. You need to speak as if you are God's favorite. Do you hear what I'm saying? Yeah. Many people aren't talking like they're God's. They act like they're set God's uh, st uh, half child living down the road. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm just, you know, I'm that other kid down the street. You know, you're, no, you're more than the other kid down the street. That's right. Come on. Come on, you're more than that. That's right. It's good. You know, in Philemon one six, he says, "Acknowledge every good thing that is in us," or how we should we say, the communication of our faith may become effectually by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you. So what, what is Brother Jerry doing? He is acknowledging. Every, how do you acknowledge? You talk about it. You talk about how you walk in God's favor. You talk about how you're the healed. You talk about how you're the whole. You talk about you have your mind. You talk as if you have wisdom from on high. I thank you, Father, I have wisdom. I thank you, Father, that you've delivered me multiple times. Things like, you just talk about all the goodness of God. And I just thank you, Father, you're just not done. You're always still moving in my life. And what are you doing? You're acknowledging every good thing. And what happens? More happens. The more you talk and the more you acknowledge of all he's done and keep that in the forefront of your life, the more things will happen. Can I get an amen? So what Satan's role in your life? Very clear. John 10, 10 says this. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Come on. That's his job. To get, you, to get his words into your mouth. To get you to agree with him. Because he can't do nothing apart from what you have to say over your life. 
oh, I'm, I've never been that smart. I'm not that talented. I'm not as good looking as Pastor Marcus. Hey, <laughs> don't worry. You're different. He may, you don't have to be like me. <laughs> God created you. And God, there's, there can never be another good, better Joel than what God created Joel. He is the best Joel God ever made in this body right here. Come on, he made him lean, mean, and Hispanic machine, and he drives a truck. God made him safe everywhere he goes. And he knows how to walk in the truth of God's word, right? And then he has to put up with his, his, his brother-in-law, Gonzalo. He's a good man. He loves the Lord. He's a great example of righteousness. Amen? Come on. We never say nothing good ever happens to me. Seems like when things go good, something bad happens. We don't say things like that. I can't do anything right. Seems like God has his favorites. Things as a believer that should never come out of your mouth. Ever. 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 Seems like God always... Good things happen better to other people. Seems like I take, we joke, like sometimes I feel like I two, take two steps forward and five steps back. Or sometimes, sometimes it comes from the genuineness of our heart. But that's what the stuff that the devil wants you to say. That's the stuff he wants to put in your mouth. First John chapter 4 says, believe, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but the try the spirits whether they are of God because many false prophets are gone into the world. Beloved, believe not every spirit. Just because someone's a pastor doesn't mean you believe everything they say. What, 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 do they say has, what they say has to line up with what the Word of God says. We just don't say it because it's not in the Word. We see it because that's what the Word says. Now, if, if we get to the point where I don't just believe it because, you know, well, the Bible says believe what the Scripture says. Now, if someone's just saying something that's not in the scripture, then you are free to get your red pencil and mark it through. <laughs> Pastor Melina's good at that. <laughs> she reads books and she corrects them. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I started laughing. I opened up a book. She had her pen and she was correcting. And she was like, honey, this was nothing wrong with what he said. And this was more preferential. She was right. That was just preference. <laughs> Teacher. That's what teachers do. They're in teacher mode. First, first letter I ever sent to her, she sent it back to me with red pencil marks. You spelled this wrong. I know what you meant, but it was really sweet what you said, but already she was teaching me how to read, teaching me how to write. And you know what the funny thing is? I, 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 I stuck with it. Most guys would have been like, this is going to be rough, man. She's going she gonna to be fixing everything I say. But I'm glad I stepped up to the challenge. I, I knew that anybody got hold they wouldn't be able to hold on with her for very long. God, I believe there's going to be a special batch for me in heaven when I get there. She, she's she's going to have a special batch, too. She says, I, I, I put up with a lot. Come on. How many of you know what deception is? Deception is believing a lie. 
believing a lie. And many of us need to understand that that's what deception is. So how do you know you've been lied to? How do you know if you've been lied out of the scriptures? Well, you would know if you would be in a place where they show you how to get in the scriptures, how to find that which is already there. And, and, and to okay, what am I doing when I'm teaching the scriptures? I'm being what? I'm being accountable. Because yeah. I'm showing you what's in the word. So now if you hear me speak contrary of what, how the scripture says, and I could miss it. Right? What if I say something that's contrary to the word? Well, pastor, you know, the Bible says da, 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 da. You would know in your heart. You wouldn't probably come up to me at the end of the service at your Bible like, Pastor, you said this. I know there ain't no 5,000. I know there's a fact there's 1,000. Look, I'm married to a teacher. You know I'm going to get that correction no matter what happens. Well. Come on. And the Bible says try. Test. In other words, look in the word. Get your answer. Did, did, did what was spoken line up with the, the, with, within the context of what the scriptures were saying? Yeah. Okay. I, I will say this. That I, oftentimes, if I give you a scripture, I will read before. I will read after the scriptures that make sure that I, to ensure the, 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 the satisfaction that the word is being delivered accurately. Could I miss it? Yeah. Yeah. I've corrected, how many times I've corrected papers and, and didn't find a, missing, a misspelled word, but I have a gift from heaven <laughs> that is able to find these mistakes directly from the throne room of God. Now, or my, let me say something. If you ever find something on our website that was misspelled, it's because I didn't run it by her. And it'll probably happen often, so don't get offended with me. She'll tell me, Pastor Marcus, Marcus, you shouldn't put that up there because people are going to think we're a bunch of Okies over there. I said, well... Let it be known. Your pastor can be a little oaky sometimes. Praise the Lord. Verse 2 says, Hereby know that the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is, is come in the flesh, and every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh, is not of God. And that is the spirit of the Antichrist. Wherefore we have heard it, it should come. And even now already in this world. Come on. How you doing? Pretty good. Talk about your feelings. We're supposed to all walk by faith, right? Before we walk by faith and not by sight. Right? You know one thing I found about people who, especially young people, or anybody who talks about love, you know how the sound, the first thing that always come, uh, comes out of them? They make me feel so good. It's always about how they feel. Oh, you listen. Oh, it's always about them. And how many of you know that don't last very long? <laughs> that don't, them, how do you make them? Oh, they kiss so good. Oh, this and that. Oh, you just, you know, it's, just it's always about how you feel. Uh-huh. It's not about how it was such a blessing to her. You know, I just, I, you know, I just, I just, I just, you know, it's never about them. It's always about you. Is that love? When it's always about you? I say, is that? <laughs> I'm asking you guys, you know. <laughs> oh, bless God. Hallelujah. Come on, it's not always about you. It's not always about how you feel. Oftentimes it's about you giving. It's all, and and with, with very little said in return. With very little said in return. And, and, and being okay with it. Right? Being okay with your words. And not, and not getting, oh, she don't love me like she used to. <laughs> she's, 
She used to scratch my back, but now she says, get away from me. <laughs> you always want me to scratch your back. Look, I can't help it if I'm like an old hound dog that just wants and needs a scratch, you know. Come on. It's not always about you or what you, what you, what you have. She don't love me like I used to. I do this, I do that, I do this. I'll tell you what, you, the more you say that, the worse and the darker things get for you. Because you're saying the wrong things. You're speaking contrary. You are not helping your relationships. Amen? That's right. Good. Hebrews chapter 2. Anybody getting help this morning? You better be getting help. I'm going to be talking to you after service. You don't feel like you're getting help. <laughs> Get them spiritual uh, electric paddles. Put them on your chest. Get you going. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 2, verse 17 says for says this in 17. says, wherefore in all things, wherefore in all things it behooved him. Who, who's him? Jesus. It behooved him to be made like unto his brethren. Remember what we said earlier? Jesus came down. He says it was beneath him to come down like you and me. That was beneath him. But he did it. He did it for you and I. Think about it. It was beneath him to come to live in a natural world and live in a human body. Because he's already been through it all. He was there when God created the foundations of the earth. He was in on the planning. He was, he was on the committee with the Holy Ghost. He, he saw things being formed and shaped. And he saw all those things. He saw, he, he'd been, he had seen men through the ages. And yet he says, I'm coming here to be a rescue to you. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank God he did. Yeah, that's right. That he might be merciful and a faithful high priest in things pertaining to God. To make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself had suffered being tempted, he is able to succor them that are being tempted. What's that word? He was able to secure means he was able to uh, understand and the depth that, that you and I were being tempted. Mm-hmm. He understands that because he was able to take that himself and go through it even as, and know how to get through it. And he was able to help us. Right. Amen? Right. Amen. He was able to help us. Yeah. Hebrews 3, just one chapter over. <laughs> Where... Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our, what? Confession. Some versions say confession. This says profession. The two are the same words. Yeah. Do you hear what I'm saying? Uh-huh. He is the high priest of our confession. Good. Who is? Christ Jesus. Yeah. Christ, the anointed one. Yeah. Come on. How are you going to say the right things? Yeah. How are you going to speak the right stuff? Mm-hmm. Through Jesus. Yeah. Not through your own ability. Yeah, come on. People talk about, you know, James says, who, who can tame the tongue? You can't tame anything on your own without the Lord. Yeah. You can't change anything without the help of the Lord. Yeah. You need the assistance of the Lord. You need the assistance of the Holy Spirit. That's, that's, that's how you begin to change. Yeah. That's how your, your physical situation is going to change. That's how your financial situation is going to change. Come on. Amen? That's how you're going to get through some of those demonic oppositions that would try to oppose you and, and keep you from walking out some things. If you, if you fail to talk, you fail to walk. And you won't win. Just sitting there taking it and saying nothing does nothing. Do you hear what I'm saying? It does nothing for you unless you talk. He works with your and, our, our, your and my words. 
By your words, you'll be justified. By your words, you'll be condemned. Your words carry more weight in heaven than you, under, than you under, currently understand. And hear what I'm saying? Yeah. Hebrews 4, verse 12. <laughs> this is your word, your Bible. I want you to talk about your Bible here for a second. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Stop there for a moment. Anytime you get in the Word, you're, you're, the Word does a, a marvelous job. Every time you ever notice you go to church, how some people come to church goes. Every time I come to church, it seems like God, you just get up, you just get up in my yogurt. Seems like you're talking directly to me. The Word does that. It's the Word that does that. It's the Word that offends. It's the Word that corrects. It's the Word that that brings. Um, it gives you a nice spanking on the bottom, and, and sometimes it lifts you up and it encourages you. That's the word. It's, it's able to, di- 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 to divide between that which is spiritual and that which is you being car- fleshly and carnal. Yeah. So you, you're like, oh, oh, how do I know if I'm in the spirit? And then the Bible says, oh, you're not walking in love. You're not practicing the fruits of the spirit. How do I know I'm in the spirit? Well, you're walking in love. You're being patient. You're being kind. You're being tenderhearted. Right? So we know when we're in the flesh. Yeah. And what does that? What brings that division? The word. It it brings clarity to your mind. The Bible. And she gives you clarity as to where you stand. It's your GPS as to the direction and the flow of your life. Right? Right. And it's important to know that. Mm -hmm. Because if you're saying the wrong things and not recognizing that your words are are, are the the main thing that holds you up. You know, here's the thing. Many people think that, well, I've been been saying the right thing for a week and I haven't seen nothing change. (laughs) For one... Your life is like one big giant ship. Yeah. One big giant ship. You're just turning the wheel. One notch is already, already begun. Do you feel it right away? No. No, you don't. You know, even when you fly an airplane or a jet, if you're one hair off from where you're supposed to go in the direction, you'll be hundreds of miles off from where you're going. So how many of you know you're always adjusting your life to the word? Always making your changes with the word. Learning to say the right things with the word. Are you going to make mistakes? Yes, but it's the mercy. It's, the, it's Jesus bringing the, the profession of our faith who stands before the Lord, who's, who's always making reconciliation for, hey, look, Lord, they're new to this. They're learning and understanding of the words. Good thing they're praying in tongues because we're able to fix this thing, yeah. right? We're able to ch- ch- uh, turn this organization around for them. Come on. <laughs> Come on. on. Now, verse 13 says, There is neither any creature who is not manifested in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. In other words, you trying to play a hustle on God with your words will never work. Well, God, you know it's hard. I had a hard week. I've been too busy. He knows that's a lie. He sees how you use your time. He knows it. He sees everything clearly. It's like them TSA agents when you go through that little thing and they scan your body. They see everything. <laughs> Even things you don't want them to see. Yeah. Like, I'm going to do the Catholic thing. Here. <laughs> you don't know what that is. It's okay. You're like, oh, Lord, I don't want anybody to see me naked. You know? <laughs> but he sees it all. Yeah. Anything that's very uncomfortable, he sees it all. Yeah. He knows when you're lying. He knows when you're telling the truth. Yeah. He knows it. Yeah. He knows when you're, you're, you're like, well, you know. He, he knows. 
How many of us know when our kids are driving with us? Driving, not telling the truth. Yeah. Instantly. Instantly. Your little kid lies to you. For one, the Holy Ghost is already working with you. You know. You're like, what, 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 is, what are we doing? And you're like, oh, I do nothing. I know. Yeah. You know why it's real quiet in that room. Why is it so quiet in that room? Because you know. Yeah. Let me tell you, your father in heaven, he knows. Yeah. You, you ain't, there ain't no glossing things over. Amen? Seeing that they have a great high priest that is passed in the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our profession. What? He says, let us hold fast to our profession. Seeing that we have a great high priest that is passed in the heavens, Jesus, the Son of Christ, let us hold fast to our profession. What profession? That he is a good God. That he is faithful and just. And that he will help me in the time of need. He is my wisdom. He is my counselor. Come on, he's my El Shaddai. Come on, you, I can tr- I can tr- I can trust him. Well, right. I tell you, the more you just start putting those things in your mouth and acknowledging every good thing, the more you'll get it. The more you'll get it. And that and that and that ship that you talked about that ain't moving, it's already that's already moving. Before you know it, you'll be at a place that you never thought you could be. Come on, amen. You you'll be at places that you never thought were possible. Come on. For we have a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. But was at, all, at all points he was tempted just like us and yet without sin. In other words, he just didn't open his mouth and just say something because he was angry and hurt. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne room of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in the, to, that we may find grace to help in the time of need. In other words, you can go, anytime you're having a problem, anytime the pressure's on, come straight to God. Right. Come straight to the Father in the name of the Jesus. Say, Father, I need your help. I thank you, Father. I plead the blood. I got more scriptures here. I could keep going, and I probably should keep going. Can we keep going? Yeah, according to our words, we can keep going. According to our faith, yeah, we can take more word. Right? Is Jesus right when he talks? When is he wrong? Never. If he says something, is it, when is he, when is he right? All the time, right? He's right all the time when he says the word. Yeah. Right? He's always right. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Hebrews chapter 10. He says, Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from, a conscience, from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with the pure water of the word. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he who is faithful has promised. But notice it. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22. Hebrews chapter 10. Did I, did I say the right, did I mark the right scripture down? I did? Okay. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith. Come on, let us hold fast. When things get rough, what we said earlier, just don't let go because things are getting tough. Learn to hold on. Say, no, I will get through this. That's how you're going to start walking more victory. Yes, yes. That's why you can say, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That's right. What are you doing? You're rehearsing your victory. Yeah, come on. Say, say all you're doing is just, you're just being a bowling pin for me. Yeah. yeah. Good. You're just my bowling pin. I'm just going to knock you down. Yeah. Each and every time. Come on. Come on. Good. First Timothy 6, 12. We're getting close to close. We're going to have two more scriptures and we're, we're almost done. 
First Timothy chapter six, verse twelve says, "Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal salvation. Hold, lay hold of eternal life. Wherein thou art called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses." Again, you're saying the good thing. You're you're fighting the you're fighting the good fight of faith, and you're laying hold with your profession, your words. Is that not there? Is not that the scripture there? Did we make that up? Is that a fantasy? No, it's not. It's, it's reality. Yeah. Good. Come on. Revelations 12, verse 9. And the great dragon was... Uh, Revelations 12, verse 9. It's important that we uh, preach out of Revelation. But I tell you, that, you know... Remember what I said a, a couple weeks ago that we can prove from the beginning of Gen- Genesis to Revelation about your words and the confession of your words being important? We're in Revelation now, right now. <coughs> How many, we've given you tons of witnesses here, Right? Tons of scriptures. Those are the witnesses. When I say witnesses, we're talking about the scriptures. The scriptures say this. And in Revelation 12, verse 9, it says, And the great dragon was cast, out of the, was cast out, and that old serpent called the devils, and Satan, which deceives the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now is come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God, and the power of Christ. For the accuser of the brethren is cast down, which accuse them before our God day and night what's the enemy doing he's accusing you what's he trying to use whatever it is you say verse 11 says and they overcame then they overcame him by the blood and the and, and what by, by the blood of the lamb and the what come on come on and the bible says and they love their lives unto death come on they love not their lives unto death in other words, remember what we said about love? It's always about you. It's not always about me. I love him no matter what because he's done so much. I don't care about this whole physical world. This world, this world pales in comparison about the one we're going to face eventually. This world is fading away. It ain't going to last. I still remember picking her up in front of her house. This little ruby, ruby-cheeked girl coming out and we'd go out on our dates and, and I was thinner then. Sucking that gut. And life changes. But this world isn't forever. Eternity's forever. That's why it's important. If we begin to learn to master the things and how we talk now. Now, I'm not talking about you being, some people just, you know, is a couple, you're going to have to make and choose and decide. One person may not be willing on that end, but you can be the willing person. You can, you can do it. You can do it. And you don't have to do it because they don't do it. You do it because you know it's the right thing to do. And and then you can enjoy the fruit. Enjoy the fruit of your words. And of walking in love and doing the word. You can enjoy the fruit of it. Amen. You enjoy the victories. That's right. And let them see you enjoy the victories. Mm -hmm. And if they have any questions, well, how did you do that? And you said, I did it by the word of my testimony and by the blood of the lamb. Come on. Amen. How have you got blessed this morning? Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Walking into victory, doing what God called us to do, being what God called us to be.